Ladies and gents, Tyson here. Welcome back. This is the Relax Running Podcast. Got a good friend of mine, uh, Sean Doherty, on the show today. Sean is a he's a fan of the show. He's a very good friend of mine, and it's a little bit of a different kind of episode. Sean's someone who started running about twelve months ago after a pretty serious arm break playing tennis, which we'll get into. Um, with a passion for fitness, passion for health, he wanted to be able to do something with his energy. So he's uh, taken up some distance running. He's really gotten into it and uh, asked a whole heap of questions around running and about how to improve it, about you know certain things to look after injury and what you should be eating. And I felt like it was a conversation that would be good for a lot of people out there who were at the fun run level who were trying to improve their performance. So I, I wanted to sit down with him and record this one. Uh, Sean has he's also been doing a whole heap of running lately because his little daughter Eve has had some pretty serious health issues since her birth about six or seven months ago. So uh, we cover that in the first 10 minutes of the chat just to give you an opportunity to get to know Sean and his situation and uh, what it is that he gets from his running. So hey, it was a really good chat and uh, listening back to it, I think there's a lot that you can take out of this that you can apply to your training. A lot of food for thought um, is probably a good way to put it. So Hope you enjoy it. Uh, I've got a couple of big guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Dave McNeil will be on next week, so uh, stay tuned for that one. It's going to be good. If you haven't already, jump on our socials. It's uh, Relax Running on Facebook and on Instagram. If you're enjoying it, leave us a review as well. But, uh, pretty sure it helps. All right, guys, I'll leave you to it. Enjoy. This is me and my good mate, Sean Doherty. Didn't even know. Perfect. Well, <laughs> speak to me then, because um, we've been recording for about 35 seconds. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I wanted. Oh, what's going on, brother? <laughs> not much, mate. Not much. Just, um, just, just enjoying life. Actually, just being on holidays and as a school teacher, as you know, and um, having little Eve at home with us and her first Christmas and. Um, yeah, just just loving life down here on the peninsula. Oh, it is so good down here. Yeah. We were um, even we were driving down from Hawthorne, and I feel like just the closer you get to the to that ocean air, you get. Mm. I, I love Hawthorne. Yeah. But um, just getting away from that, it's almost like a claustrophobic kind of yeah. feel. Just yeah. getting down into a little bit of space, the sun's yeah. shining. There's certainly yeah. something fresh about. How, how long have you guys been here for now? For coming up on a year. We sat, we, I think we moved down here mid Jan. Yeah, so nearly a year. So you said it'd be nice but, to... um, yeah, with everything that's sort of happened this year, we haven't had much opportunity to explore, but we're starting to now, um, and just loving it. Yeah, well, really I feel like it seemed like the um, people listening, obviously, it's the, a lot of them probably the first they've heard of. Oh, sure, maybe yeah. some of them following George on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It's brief, been a crazy brief. time. It yeah. has, yeah. So we have a, a seven-and-a-half-month-old um, who's um, has what they call interstitial lung disease and, and pulmonary hypertension. So basically lung and heart issues um, that she's had since birth and it was completely unexpected, completely out of the blue. Um, it was a normal pregnancy, normal delivery, all that kind of thing. And um, yeah, just just really struggled um, to sort of adapt, adapt to life and um, is on oxygen um, permanently or indefinitely until... Um, you know, well, for the foreseeable future until uh, hopefully, you know, we, we pray that she um, grows out of it, her lungs sort of develop new tissue and, um, yeah, she can sort of um, come off the oxygen. But for the time being, she's on it. And, you know, we have, we go back to the Royal Children's um, every few weeks for appointments and um, admissions and, um, you know, she's on different medications and, we measure her oxygen at night, every night through a um, oximeter machine that alarms if her oxygen saturation drops below a certain level. So it's pretty, it's pretty full on um, every night. You know, there's a bit of anxiety around that. Um, sort of, you know, monitoring this machine and, you know, is she going to desat? Is she going to be okay? That kind of thing. But we're just sort of taking it day by day. So um, with um with the with the oxygen oxygen machine, when you say yeah. that desat. Does yeah. that mean so you have to try and keep her oxygen levels? Yeah, so because she looks as healthy as ever. Yeah, just, absolutely. Just playing with her. Yeah. She looks like she's I know, up yeah, and she's, about. And she she's happy great. and smiley, and she's she's doing all the normal things a baby would. You know, mm -hmm. she's she's crawling and and sort of rolling, and um, you know, she, uh, just reaching for things all the time, and, and using her hands and um, saying data a mm -hmm. lot, and you know, she's she's meeting all the milestones. So the doctors are happy, and we're happy in that regard, um, but. You know, they always remind us that, 
you know, she, she's doing these things because she's on oxygen. If you take away that oxygen support, she's gonna, she might struggle mm-hmm. um, or she will struggle. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's been a journey um, and a journey that we don't know uh, her outcomes, I guess, but we're just sort of trying to be present um, and, um, yeah, try to just enjoy every, every single day that we have her at home because we don't know when our next admission will be in the hospital and because yeah, um, how long were you in the hospital for at the start when she was first born yeah so she was in uh the intensive care NICU it's called the neonatal intensive care at the Royal Children's for two months um and then discharged on just the tiniest amount of oxygen and we just assumed she was going to come off it we just sort of thought um you know we'd get her home and and she would sort of grow stronger and she wouldn't need this oxygen but um turns out that her, her disease progressed um and her oxygen requirement has gone up a lot more, and um, yeah, it's been been pretty challenging in that regard because it's it's thrown a lot of um, different scenarios at us, and and you know the the specialists have said to us we need to start having conversations around what it might look like if she deteriorates, you know, rapidly at some point. Um, you know, we don't even entertain that thought because we, as you said before, we look at her and she looks so. She looks so healthy and happy, um, so we don't we can't imagine her, um, you know, deteriorating. But the reality the reality is that um, you know she's where her her health at the moment is is quite variable, mm. um, and it it could go either way. She's um, you know the immunity is is not quite there, so we have to be careful around people who might have colds or or any kind of bugs. If she picks up something, obviously with her respiratory condition, that can cause quite an issue mm, i saw that um, sign at your front door yeah the, yeah so it's just a bit of a i don't know um georgia made that it's, it's kind of cute but it's actually quite quite serious just sort of saying you know with our, our baby girl is quite vulnerable to mm. to illness and infection so if anybody has a, a cold or whatnot maybe um see if we can reschedule a visit yeah um, because obviously with it with a newborn everyone wants to come and come and meet her and that's that's fine and we want that um, but at the same time, we need to we need to protect her. We need to. Um, I can hear her crying. Right yeah, now. Firing up right <laughs> now. <laughs> but um, oh, we love her a bit. She's just an amazing. And what she's she's just has an amazing story. And um, I don't want to plug her whole, whole um, whatever you know. Georgie's made the the Etsy page for her artwork that she does with Eve and all that kind of thing. And, plug it, but yeah, but yeah. but so yeah, if you want to. If you want to find out a bit more about her, um, I don't even know what the website's called again. Breathe for Eve. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, Georgie, my wife, does a bit of work with Eve around just making artwork. And Georgie runs art classes. And Tyson and I are sitting here right now in Georgie's little art studio um, where she runs art classes and has kids come in and, and they meet Eve and um, they all just do some do some paintings and drawings and whatnot. Um and um yeah it's um yeah it's 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 a journey and we're loving it and um it's something that has changed us and given us a whole new perspective um about life and and how much we just i suppose take for granted the breath that we've been given i guess because um yeah eve has to sort of struggle for every breath she has and mm-hmm. um yeah it's just one of those things where we, um, yeah, we just want to see her get better. Yeah, of course, hundred yeah. percent. So at the moment, um, so yeah, you, you sort of can't tell till she's what two or three. You got to just hope that the like yeah. the, the lung tissue starts to develop. So just gets. What are we hoping for? Just a bit more strength in her lungs. Yeah, or? yeah. So the the doctors have basically said um, between sort of this age and sort of two to three, four years. Um, that's when the the I suppose greatest proportion of new lung tissue develops. Um, so if she is to overcome her condition, it's called interstitial lung disease. So it's basically, without going into too much detail, the interstitium is like the layer between um, the alveoli and the, the bronchiosant um, without sort of sounding, I don't know too much science behind it, but um, yeah, her, her ba- her, basically her ability to sort of take in oxygen, absorb oxygen and transport it around her body is, is being hindered by either inflammation or um, 
dead lung tissue or, or whatever it may be. She, so she, hence the need for oxygen um, support. So um, what was your question again? Sorry. Man, I can't even remember what the question was. But <laughs> I, just was uh, I just wanted to give everyone an opportunity to get to know who you are. And yeah. obviously I want to speak to you a, a little bit about you. Farah, it's interesting to get your whole, your whole journey, but um, I just wanted to give everyone a chance to, to get to know you and what you're about. Yeah, well, I think yeah, we started sorry. with uh, how did we get to Mornington. Like, no, it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I don't know how we even got to this Mate, point. Mate, yeah, my life. The amount, yeah. of, amount of messages that I get that said, hey, you stuffed up that story. <laughs> so embarrassing. Like, you forget that people actually might know the details of the story that you're telling. So I was like, yeah. you probably heard it. I was talking to Maddie. The guru, um, just the guru. in the podcast we put up this week. <laughs> Shout out to the guru. Yeah, the guru. I've never met you, mate. But I'm... haven't you met Maddie no, before? Um, haven't met him yet. No. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna get him on here because I reckon yeah. um, the, the, the other part that we introduce to people as well is that your your background definitely isn't in in distance running. Not it's right, not something no. that you've. <laughs> like, I don't know. You're too humble to ever refer to yourself as a bodybuilder. But I'm gonna put nah. your photos up on Facebook <laughs> of, <laughs> of a couple of years ago when you hit the gym. A few well, times a week. Well, yeah, <laughs> before you snapped your arm in half yeah, playing tennis. Yeah, yeah. Tell us that one before I uh, before I start firing oh, a few questions. Geez. Yeah, so I was, well, I did fancy a bit of weight training back in the day, but um, I, I grew up playing tennis pretty competitively, and I've been coaching it since I was about fifteen, and sort of travelled around Australia playing tournaments and whatnot when I was a junior, um, and then gave it away and got into weight training. Um, it was actually as a form of rehab. I tore my rotator cuff throwing a javelin in uni, trying to be the big shot, you know, trying to show everyone how far I could throw the thing and tore that. And then, um, yeah, so I got into the weight training and that sort of um, became a bit of a passion of mine. But, um, yeah, got back into tennis last year um, and played a, played a season of pennant and then had a couple months off and then started playing again in the summer. And, yeah, just... Felt a bit of a weird pain in my elbow that sort of shot down to my wrist and I kept playing. I didn't think much of it. And then um, all of a sudden, just I suppose did one serve too many. And um, yeah, it, it, I broke my humerus in half basically. So just above the elbow, a distal, a spiral fracture. Um, so I've got a plate that runs the length of my deltoid to my elbow. Um, there's about 20 screws in there. Um, big big scar as you can see yeah that is a big scar and um basically have no tricep left because i had to hack into that the the surgeon said to me actually he goes it was a it was meant to be a 90 minute surgery but it took four and a half hours because of the amount of without talking myself up here but you (laughs) know tricep (laughs) it was a lot of tricep in there so So what was it like uh let me talk you up because i remember i can't remember if it was the doctor or georgie explaining to me that um like because because of the strength of the muscle that surrounded the bone, it was like your muscle overpowered the yeah, strength of the that's bone. That's what they suspect. Oh, I think I had a bit of a stress fracture there. I don't know if I was like training too much and a, a bit of a lack of flexibility as well. But I initially thought I'd ruptured the bicep and tricep. I just thought I'd just blown them completely um, because, as you said, yeah, I thought something had just the muscle had just overpowered. And I remember going to the Anglis Hospital and into emergency and. Um, they took me in for an x-ray and I remember saying to them, no, nah, no, I don't need an x-ray. I need an MRI because I think I've ruptured my bicep and tricep. So the bones, I didn't assume there'd be anything wrong with the bone. And then Georgie came in with me as well and they took the x-ray and, um, you know, it was a clean break of the bone was in half and I just, oh. Georgie fainted. So she, she was in, yeah, oh she fainted and then, cause she was what, six months pregnant or something at that stage or actually no, not that much, a couple months pregnant. Um, and then she came to, and I just remember her shaking her head as if to say, it's not good. And they're like, yeah, there was like a, I don't know, four centimeter displacement of the bone. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd broken that bad boy in two completely. So I just remember doing it. So if you can imagine throwing the ball up to hit your serve and at the top of the top of the swing, I felt like someone from behind the court ran in and just hit me with a sledgehammer. Like it just... And the guy and the people watching from other courts, they they thought like I hit my uh, racket on my leg, like hit my shin or something, because oh. it made a cracking noise. It just went crack, and um, yeah, <laughs> my racket went flying. And then everyone always, whenever I tell that story, people said, "Oh, geez, it must have been a fast serve." And I'm like, I don't think I even hit the ball. Like, <laughs> I think the racket went over the fence just about, and the ball—I don't know where the ball went, but um, yeah, it's pretty excruciating. 
Um, so oh, what an eighteen yeah. months you guys have. You yeah. guys have been, uh, so that was a it was a weird one because like as you said before, like weight training and 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 fitness was my my life. I'm a PE teacher, and um, to get an injury like that where I've now got a plate in my arm, I couldn't do any kind of weight bearing, anything like that. Um, was told, you know, I'd probably obviously I'd play tennis again. I reckon I will though. Like, I don't think it's that big of an issue, but um, yeah, just to sort of, um, that sort of self-identity, I guess, that I sort of shaped my um, perception around, I think had changed a lot. And that took a lot of sort of, um, uh what's the word like a lot of um coming to terms with just being okay here's who i used to think i was and now i can't do that anymore and i guess that's why i got into running and i guess that's why we're sitting here right now like um couldn't couldn't get in the gym anymore so i thought what can i do so um yeah we moved we moved down here um and obviously the surrounds are bloody beautiful like running along the beach track from you know mount martha to mornington and whatnot um, running has just become a passion and I've lost a whole bunch of weight. I'm pretty skinny now, actually. Your buys and pecs are bigger than mine now. I wouldn't I go that far. No, you still got me covered. But no, you're right, no. that is, um, that's the reason I was keen to get you on here because uh, I obviously knew you during the last sort of 18 months and um, knew that knew that the gym was the, the background and always admired your pecs, your muscles, your carbs, your tries. <laughs> oh, um, but then uh, when you, uh, after your injury, you started to talk a little bit about you know how you're getting into running and i remember being at some mutual friends house and you showed me your strava po- uh, profile right. and i started to get excited about oh man he's actually covering some some good k's but yeah. um I, I know like uh, i definitely don't want this podcast ever to be tailored just towards elite distance runners i want this podcast to be for whether you're a fun runner a professional runner somewhere in between yeah um and and the questions that you always seem to ask me about running or training was i always found interesting to think of it because i've been in the sport for so long i feel like there's maybe a lot of stuff that I, I've just taken for granted. Yeah. And then you would reach out and go, oh, dude, like I really enjoyed the podcast and ask yeah. a question or, or ask something about training. I thought, ah, oh, like it'd be a perfect bloke to, to have a bit of a chat to about, you know, some of the common questions that you have and some yeah. of the um, the common problems that I'm sure so many of us distance runners face. I don't know if you put yourself in a distance runner category yet, but you're certainly no. clocking up a few Ks that you, are, hack, mate. you can't <laughs> be too far away. Yeah. Um, but I thought just for, for, for a little bit of clarity and a little bit of, guidance like there's yep. there's so much when if i listen to a podcast of two people just chatting and one person asking questions of a of another always leave and whether it's from the question or the answer like oh, i've never really seen that from from that perspective and because and you're so fresh to the sport and so fresh to the um like yeah i guess just the the game some of the questions that you're asking I'm like, oh man i'd love to tap into that yeah right now just as as you're getting warmed up before you start running past me in too many year oh, too many year long runs no 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 but you put on a good show for us before we get into it because this um the guru never looks after me like this. We've got a bottle of, of Smirnoff, <laughs> got vodka, and you got a, a craft beer, no doubt. Yeah, in yeah, front of you there. This nice is one. this is quite fancy. I reckon the well, guru's Eve. It is it's too. Eve. I mean, come on, you know, let your hair down as your wife, as Jesse said before. Come on, Tice. Tice <laughs> just said he was on the warrior diet or something. I just started the warrior diet. Have yeah. you heard of it? I, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast the other day and some bloke came on and he was talking about this warrior diet. He wasn't a nutritionist, um, but essentially he eats one big meal a day and that's oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a, a like, I don't know, I don't know what your, your meals look like at the moment, but I'll usually, um, in the morning I'll get up, I have brekkie, I have lunch, I have dinner, yeah. and then some, I've got a massive appetite, so I'll have a whole heap of stuff in between that as well. Yeah. But he was saying, um, I, I, I'll absolutely spoil it if I tried to go into details or when I say spoil it, I'll stuff up the details because he, he went to like a little bit of a scientific approach to why he does what he does. But he's like, mate, there's a million different oh, yeah. researchers out there showing you all different yeah. things. So he goes, just based this on how you feel. He goes, yeah. a lot of people hate anecdotal evidence, but he goes, if you feel good and it's healthy, um, go with it. Yeah. yeah, go with it. So he's pretty much saying it's not a water fast throughout the day. You can have fruit uh, and, and plenty of vegetables and yeah. uh, like a little bit of egg or something here and there. He said, and then at the end of the day, just like that's where you, you get your whole calories. So mm-hmm. obviously, it's, it's only day two in. And, uh, no, you're looking good. I, am I looking all right? It's had an effect already. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. So was, yeah, that's the gin starting to pump through. The gin, <laughs> So um, with gin in our hand and uh, a, a beer in yours, I thought for the, hopefully the sake of anyone listening, um, if we could fire a few questions at each other, I'd be interested to pick your brain on a few oh, things yeah. as much as 
you're hopefully interested to pick mine. And then hopefully people listening can go, oh, man, I hadn't really seen that like that. But has yeah. there been anything that stood out to you since you since you got involved in the sport? I know like, things like training, injury, recovery, yeah, yeah. stuff are, are really hot topics amongst athletes of all levels. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm always thinking about, like, how do I actually improve? Like, how do I get better? Like, I love running. I've decided that I've decided. It's sort of, <laughs> I've always sort of... Um, I mean, my training, as I said before, as I alluded to earlier, it's always been in the gym, but I've always done a bit of sprinting on the side because I've never had that cardiovascular fitness. Um, but yeah, since injuring myself and, and getting into running and, and building up, um, you know, I've, I've never done a marathon. So I'm not talking, you know, I've, I've, I'm, you know, I'm not talking, I'm not a distance runner because I've never really achieved those distances. I've done a half marathon, but, um, I aim to do a marathon, and I know that you're training for the Melbourne Marathon, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And one in Brisbane. Um, and I feel like, um, I don't know, I'm confident to be able to do that. Um, but having said that, I want to make sure that I'm prepared because I love your story that you've spoken about many times um, on your podcast about your Melbourne Marathon attempt, and you sort of blew up at around 25. And, you know, I want to make sure that I something like that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, well, you know, what do I need to do to get better? Um, is it more long runs? I know you're a massive advocate of, of the long run. and um, Or is it training frequency? Do I need to be running, um, you know, more times per week? Or is it about just the distance that I cover during a week? Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, you know, what's what's the more important thing? Yeah, um, it's a good question. And the funny thing with this is like we mentioned diet a minute ago. Yeah. Depending on who you talk to, there's a, a million different opinions. And it's yeah. funny, like once you start to, to get involved in it, some people, they'll come at you from an anecdotal point of view. Then some people come at you from a real scientific point yeah. of view. And then like with all that information and so many blogs and so many articles and so many opinions and like certain things working for other people and then not working at all for other it can be really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, I think a lot of it, like before we even look at the answer to that question, is um, overlooked is, is is the patience component. And when yeah. I say patience component, I mean just taking time to to listen to to how your body actually feels as you're doing the training. Like one of yeah. my good mates, who's a who's like an Australian Olympic coach now, Adam Didick. Yeah. Uh, he says something that I love. He always speaks about the training programs that people write being written in in pencil. Yeah. And he says, you write it in pencil, not pen, because obviously we're speaking a metaphor here, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of the fact that some days you'll wake up and you'll be sick or Eve didn't sleep and you're exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the idea of going out to run 20 or 25 Ks is, is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so probably in a lot of respects, it's it, it's like training in the gym. I would encourage anyone who's getting involved in running and just starting to put a few days together to go, okay, when they wake up, ask the question like, am I, like, how am I? Yeah. How am I feeling? Am I tired? Am I yeah. am I flat? Am I sore? Um, and then obviously, like the more you the more you take part in, the more you can recognize a certain soreness. Like if you go to the gym and your triceps are a bit sore, some people might feel, oh my gosh, I've got an injury. Whereas if that was you in that situation, you go, oh, I've got a bit of DOMS from Monday session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it is just getting to know your body and understanding the changes that take place um, as a as a foundation. I would, yeah. I would say that's a nice place to start. Just okay, how am I actually responding? Yeah. And then, uh, like anything else, um, that foundation that you you put in at the start, like you've I've seen some of your runs on on Strava, and even you run ten k, twenty k fairly comfortably from the. Does that go on Strava? The looks of things, not the heartbeat, but just the, the, the heartbeat doesn't uh, like the heart rate doesn't go on Strava. Yeah. But the um. I didn't like know the, my things were being recorded on that. No, no, <laughs> not not always. But I mean, I've seen oh, probably yeah, yeah. probably three or four months ago yeah, yeah, when yeah. you were uploading fairly oh, regularly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I couldn't tell you your heart rate or anything. That's yeah. just through conversations with you where you said, "Oh, I ran this. And I came home quite strong." Oh yeah. Like you're obviously um developing it at a, at a pace which is like a it's a it's a pretty solid pace for it like you've got yeah. a fit, fitness background you're a pretty healthy guy yeah um that i would say by just purely looking at your training program and, and chatting to you about your training is yeah you're, you're obviously adjusting quite nicely to the workload yeah um but i feel like there's a couple of key there's like a few key sessions that i think it's almost universal yeah most australian athletes do the same training programs like a um you can pretty much guarantee whether you're Stu McSwain or whether you're me running around yeah. that your, your weekly structure is going to be you do your long run on the Sunday, 
you do a session of some sort, usually longer, like eight by a K on a Tuesday. Yeah. And you might do an, another more solid session on a, a Thursday. Then with some jogs in between, maybe a threshold run on a Saturday. Yeah. So I think the foundation is, it's a great foundation to start with. Like if you're just looking for something clarity and something solid on how to actually structure a week of training. Yeah. That's a pretty good place to to start. Yeah. But in saying all that, you might not necessarily, you might not do as many reps or you're obviously not going to be doing it at the same pace. Yeah. Um, and if you had to have a day off here and there, that wouldn't be a big problem. But in terms of just finding like a nice solid yep. chunk, um, that's a, what do you call it? It's like a blueprint. Yeah. That'd be a perfect place to start. Yeah. Because like, I mean, I know it's so important to, to be like listening to your body and, and sort of being aware of how you feel, but when... There's such a fine line between doing that and but then knowing how to override that and sort of be like, no, I'm going to push on. Like, mm-hmm. do, do you find that? Like, if you go out for a run and you're just feeling rubbish, garbage, like, do you think, okay, I'm going to I'm going to pull back here and maybe call it a day, or do you just go, no, this is my, this is what I have to do. I'm just going to keep going regardless. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, when when do you, when does it get to the point where you, you sort of um, what's that word? Dimin- not diminishing returns, but where you just kind of think, nah, this isn't having any benefit. Um, yeah. Or is it like that old school mentality that no, you must put in the work to get the reward kind of thing? Yeah, like, I know what you mean. And you honestly, because I, 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 I feel like when I'm running at the moment, because yeah, you're right. As you said, Eve, it's Eve. Um, you know she she has a lot of rough nights where her oximeter machine is just constantly alarming and Georgie and I are up all the time just checking on her and it's it's different um, than having a healthy baby who will wake up to feed and, and that's it kind of thing. And and so for me, as I said to you, um, I think at another point, like just that, that um, the energy might not be there, um, but I know that I still need to get the work done. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah. then I think, is it? Do I keep sort of trying to push on, um, or do I sort of pull back? That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm battling with at the moment, I guess. Just yeah, I think the beauty, like the if you if there was a bright side to the the exercise part of your situation, is the fact yeah. that as you say, you're not you're not trying to make Olympic finals. You're, yeah, of you're course. trying to improve yeah. your just um, your running performance. Yeah. But even still, it doesn't matter. I was speaking to Sean Crichton, who he's a, a two he's run two hours ten for a marathon. Yep. And he recently broke the 50-plus record for um, for the marathon running two hours, 29, I think he ran. Yep. And he was saying, mate, it doesn't matter whether you're, you're running in the Olympic final or whether you're running for a 50-plus Australian record. Like, yeah. if you're trying to improve, you're trying to improve. Yeah. Um, but I reckon uh, one of the helpful things that I can do is, is, is try and just draw back emotionally from the situation and go, okay, like, what am, am I, what am I training for? Is it the end of the world if I have to have a couple of days off here and there? Um, you probably heard in the podcast, I went to Bali last week and took yeah. five days off because it was just like, you know what, it's just, I've got six months till the marathon. I would never have done that back in the day when I was, yeah. um, when I was training professionally, when I was actually trying to run at, yeah, a, at yeah. a super high level. But, um, yeah, you're right. Like the, the Dave Goggins school of thought is don't stop until you're done. Yeah. Um, but that, I, I couldn't, I couldn't see it any more differently to, to what he does. I think in, yeah. in terms of, um, like a psychological, uh, strengthening exercise. I understand what he's doing because he's saying, no, no, uh, for me, this exercise isn't just about getting physically fit. This is about pushing my mind to a yeah, place where I've never been yeah, before and then yeah. still conquering that. And I think that's cool if you're Dave Goggins, but Dave yep. Goggins isn't trying to run PBs. Yeah. Dave Goggins is a bloke who's, uh, his whole business, his work um, is, is built on hustle and hard yeah, work and not yeah. stopping. And like when it hurts, that's just a sign. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is no, fun. Like I've, I've got yeah. a place for that as well. Yeah. But I, I think, um, like you mentioned the word diminishing returns. I think Dave Goggins, who I don't know how many Ks he runs a week, but if he was doing 300 Ks a week, I'm sure he'd be looking for a way to do 350. Yeah. Whereas when it comes to an athlete, you're like, all right, what's the balance between um, recovery and actually doing these hard sessions and hard enough at a point where the results that I'm getting from that session will allow me to run faster next time. Yeah. Um, I definitely still, um, and, and this is, my, my senses have been tuned even more the last couple of months since I've actually started training properly. Like that, yeah. that dumb story that I tell about the marathon last year, it was just a, <laughs> it was a, it was it's almost a, story, a disrespect. Though. Like I, I, I knew 
enough runners and I've been in that. I knew enough about training that what I was doing was never going to work. Yeah. And I thought, oh, you know what? I, I got too ahead of myself. I thought, I'm a natural runner. I'm, I'm pretty good. I can't be bothered putting in all the... And I knew it was so stupid what I was doing. <laughs> but now I'm going into it with like a, a bit more of respect for the distance yeah. and, and just a respect for, for what I've learned from so many like international runners over the years that I've been a part of it that no matter how good you think you are, you still need to put in that work. And one yeah. thing... Um, I, I posted on Instagram today that I went for a run out at Studley Park this morning, ran 10K, oh, yeah. and just in the little caption I was speaking about how it was one, it was the one in 10 run where you just feel great. Oh, yeah. But for me... What um, did you do it in? Uh, was no, it, were you, it was... Were you going out to get a... Nah, nothing. I was... I, my my pace averages are funny because I've got a reputation. I'm the slowest first K runner you've ever met. I go out so slow and it's just a chance for my legs to turn over and get a yeah. bit of blood going and... I think I averaged like 440, 441s for the 10K, which is not, which is not like by an elite standard, anything special. Like you'd keep up with me without any dramas. Um, but I think what uh, what was interesting about that run in hindsight was it was only one in 10 runs where I feel great. Yeah. So there's plenty of runs. And I remember back in the day where health was a little bit of an issue and yeah. Um, I would get 10K into a run, I'd run with my mobile phone because chances were I'd just be so exhausted. I'd have to call Jesse and just go, babe, come and pick me up. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a really big fan of going, okay, am I am I tired in the sense that, okay, I just I, I didn't sleep many hours last yeah. night or am I tired because I'm I'm getting sick and my body actually needs a rest? And it's hard to distinguish. Yeah. There's been yeah. plenty of times where I've crossed that blurry line yep. um, and only in hindsight look back and go, oh, Crap! I actually was getting sick. I wasn't just tired because I had yeah. a bad night's sleep. Yeah. Um. And and a lot of it comes with feel. A lot of it comes with practice. And I yeah. think someone in your situation who's who who training has been a big part of your life. You're probably more intuitive with with what's what. Like I laugh because Jessie, uh, it's my wife. For anyone listening, you didn't know that. Is <laughs> uh, she doesn't have a background in sport, so she'll go to the gym and she'll work on her back. And I still laugh because the next day she'll wake up and say, oh, my God, babe, I've done something to my back. Okay, babe, yeah, you did a back yeah, workout. You saw. She's like, oh, are you sure? And then a couple of days later that pain will disappear. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's certainly plenty of days where I've pulled the pin on a session or a workout because one, one of them, I'll tell you, last year when I was training for the, the marathon, the one run that I did at 30Ks, I was running with Craig Huffer. Yeah. Um, he's a okay, – he's a, I'm, Yeah, I heard you speak. Yeah, I'm trying to get him yeah. on the podcast this week. Yeah. He's on 336 for 1,500. He's, yeah. a, he's a gun. He's one of the most talented. He's going to make the Olympic team. Come on, Huff. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. It's it's, it's got his work cut out, but yeah, um, all falling into place beautifully. Could do yeah. it. But – Half in the first 15Ks with me. Anyone who wants to just admire someone, Strava, follow Craig Huffer because like yesterday went out for a 25K run and averaged three, three minutes 56 for the 25Ks. Jeez. Mind you, he's running with Nick Willis, who's an Olympic silver medalist and like a 329, 1500-meter runner. He's a freak. And uh, half in the first 15Ks with me, and I was looking at my watch thinking, bloody hell, I haven't run at this pace for a while. Mm. He pulled out at 16Ks because he obviously wasn't training for a marathon. Um, and his session was done yeah. and I continued as like, all right, I'm going to try and make this like a, a threshold run now for the rest of the 30 Ks. When you say threshold, you mean like it's, aerobic threshold? When I or? say threshold, I'm just saying somewhere in between. It's it's not my maximum effort, but it's oh, it's, okay. um, it's faster than a jog. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like there's yeah, runners yeah. out there based on a heart rate, but for me, I'm just basing it on, okay, I know I've got a little bit in yeah. the tank and yeah. if I push yeah. it much harder than this, yeah. um, it'll, it'll be disaster. But yeah. I started running that, and I got to 30Ks. It was the biggest run I'd ever done. And then the Tuesday session, I was training with Motram's group, and Al Fahler was down there, and um, all the guys were waiting, waiting around, and we were doing 8 by k And I remember I was thinking, oh, like my 8 by ks had been beautiful on a Tuesday. And I, would probably, I was probably averaging 310 per K, maybe 315 back at that stage. Yeah. When was this? This is last probably uh, – so it's – New Year's Eve 2019 now. This is yep. probably September, August probably. August yep. last year, August 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went out for the Tuesday and we were about to do 8 by K and I reckon I hit the first one in 325 and I was like, that felt so hard. So this was a couple months before the Melbourne Marathon. Yeah, yeah about yeah, two yeah. months before. Yeah. And then I did the second one and it must have been, and it felt like I was putting everything into it and I was like, oh. This is not worth it. And I pulled the pin there and I remember Al going, like, mate, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you only run two by K. Yeah. Okay, I did 30 Ks on Sunday and I just had no idea how hard that was going to be. Yeah. So that was an example of one night where I was like, okay, this, it, was, it was new terrain. I'd never experienced 
just such muscle fatigue where there was yeah. no bounce in my leg. There's no recovery coming back. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the idea of getting through a session just seemed counterintuitive. In, yeah. in hindsight, it was ridiculous. Like there's no way after that first run of 30Ks at that pace that I should have been trying to do a session on a Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, I just assumed that it was just a long run at a bit quicker pace. Yeah. And it, I don't know, running, it's one of those uh, sports where because it, you're putting in so much exertion, because there's so much hard work, it doesn't take much to show you that you there's something yeah, off. Like if yeah. you're, I feel like a lot of runners would be more aware of the fact they're getting sick than the general public, based on the fact that if you're trying to run a K at a pace that you know is usually comfortable and you're way off. Yeah. 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 Like okay, either I'm buggered from a run, which I was, or I'm getting sick. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's no other. Yeah. There's very rarely any other reason. Yeah. Because it's stuff so, like that's so fine, isn't it? Like it's yeah. so fine. It's kind of like intimate sort of thing. Like you know. You know, there's just that, yeah, that fine line between, okay, if you're running at 4.30 usually or whatever and, you know, you're struggling to do that, then obviously you're thinking something, something's going wrong, something's off, um, which leads me into, like, nutrition. Like, is that – and that's one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. Like, I mean, how all the elite distance runners that you know, I'd love to know what their um, nutrition's like, what they sort of um, – yeah, their day-to-day diets are like. Um, do they have much emphasis on carb loading? Do they, you know, what do they do post post workout, sort of post run, um, or pre pre run? Like, what's their go to? Like, what's going to help a hack runner like me just, um, you know, be able to push further? Like, are there any kind of things? A hundred percent. This is actually so. I'm catching up with um. I'm going to Adelaide next week, and I'm yeah. I'm going to catch up with with Jess Trengove, who's a yeah. Like, yeah do you know yeah. Jess? Well, yeah, like she's a marathon, it, yeah, yeah, marathon gun. Because she's a sister of uh, the mighty oh, yes, Jack Trengove. I forgot about go the D's. Yeah, you're, you <laughs> well, are in Melbourne, aren't you? Because he hasn't played for Melbourne. Where's he? Because Port Adelaide now. He was Port Adelaide, and then I think he got delisted. Ah, oh, did he? So. Sorry, Jack. Ah, oh, bugger. Yeah. yeah, I loved so, you when you're at Melbourne. The loyalty remains here. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a bummer. I am. I forgot he was an AFL star actually. Yeah, there's some talent in that family. But yeah. I'm um so Jess and I like my very first Australia team, which was 2010. I reckon might have been f- her first Australian team as well. It was the World Uni Cross Country Champs in Canada. World Uni, wow. yeah, World Uni. And so you're a, a humble man because I didn't even know that you. I'm glad you, you called me yeah. humble because I just managed to like, like subtly slip that into even, the conversation. I've known you, how long have we known each other for? Probably. At least six years, six to eight years, maybe. Yeah, maybe yeah, eight um, years yeah. probably. Yeah, eight years. And I wouldn't have known that you you were in a world team. Wow. Yeah, I've just tried yeah. that. Well, mind you, running is one of those sports as well. No one really like people love it when you're in the sport. Yeah. But no one really knows about it outside. Of, and, and that's one thing that's been funny to me. And I, I like I'll get back to your question in a minute. But this yeah. is something that I think um, is it's almost freeing for a lot of athletes to know because when you're involved in anything, whether it's your school or like when I was working at, at the church or yeah. like whatever whatever field you're in, it, it's your whole world. Yeah. And, uh, and and it's so funny. You get so tunnel vision that you just assume that there's the whole world looking at what you're doing. And uh, I don't know, when I when I got out of running, I thought, man, this is – it's amazing to me because I had a, a few years away from the sport where I wasn't necessarily um, – I wasn't heavily involved. I was still watching it. Yeah. But I remember just chatting with people um, and being like, man, like no one – no one really knew how much time and effort and stuff was going into this. And yeah. I felt so much pressure from the people around me yep. to perform. Yeah. And I th- one of the most freeing things for me was, uh, yeah, well, like no one no one cared that much. It's a lot of pressure from the, the few people around me who really genuinely care about me, who yeah. don't care if I win or lose. They're just happy to see me having a crack. Yeah. Um, but the reason I probably never told you is because I was like outside of the running scene, no one... No one gives a shit. So I'm sure any time I had a chance to speak to a runner, that would manage to come up in conversation. But I'm glad I got dealt the humility card from you. No, I, I appreciate it. Like any kind of representative team like that, like especially on the world stage, doesn't matter what sport you're in, it's bloody great effort. Man, it's crazy yeah. looking back at that. So um, there's a bloke, I don't know if you'd know, his name's Liam Adams. He's run right. a two-hour 11 marathon now. Shit. And he came. He was on that team as well. He came second in the in the men's race. Yeah. And it's just it's crazy to think of, of some of the people that you got to rub shoulders with back then. Like there was Liam Adams, who uh, I think he, he ran at the Rio Olympics. Like wow. he's just a mate, he's a he's a speaking of someone who can just push through a pain barrier. Yeah. 
He's one. I think there's another guy called. Uh, he's. He would hate me. He would hate me saying that, but I haven't seen him for years. Um, but Nath Hardigan is a bloke in Ballarat who is. Yeah. He's. I don't know many people who can push their body as, as hard as him. Yeah. And then Jess, she's won two Commonwealth Games bronze medals. I think she's had two Olympics. Yeah. Um, run a two-hour twenty-six marathon, Shit. which is like there's not. Gee, Mind you, the women's field in, the, in Australia at the moment is ridiculous, like the pace that some of these girls are running. Um, but the reason I brought that up is because I'm catching up with her again, yeah. my long-lost buddy, next week in, yeah. in Adelaide. And that's something that I'm I'm curious to speak to about because we did that podcast a few weeks ago with Stewie at Subway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he went home with like a foot-long meat, meatball sub <laughs> yeah, or whatever it was. I don't know if it was meatball, but yeah. I was laughing because I was thinking, man, there's just so many... There's so many funny stories of how athletes prepare. Yeah. Steve Monaghetti had a crazy one. In his, I think it's in his autobiography. It's probably another story I'm butchering, but we'll give it a crack. <laughs> where he went out for dinner, and he was in Europe somewhere, and after dinner, I think he ordered a dozen donuts. Yeah. He was carbo-loading. Just, yeah. Nice. And then so they thought he was ordering it for the table, and, and he, he just smacked him. Down. And then everyone was sort of mind-blown by what he was eating. And then he ordered another 12. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Like, someone will correct me, I'm sure, but... What? Man, there's some uh, there's some crazy stories. So yeah. I think when it, when it comes to me, I've got and here's here's the thing. Like a, a, this is definitely not like a scientific prognosis yeah. of of you know what you should or shouldn't have. Yeah. But for me, I always find like before my run this morning uh, around ten k's. Yeah. And a, a pretty standard meal for me before a long run like that or a longish run is yeah. I'll just have like a cup of oats. Yeah. With a little bit of coconut milk because it's yeah. it's like a nice carb which is released nice and sl- like the energy from that's released yeah. nice and slowly. Um, but it's not really heavy in your tummy. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's like a go-to meal before a run. Like if I was, a lot of people wonder, what should I have before I race? Yeah. And that was, for me, I'm always, something that's pretty, pretty carby, obviously. Yeah. Like I'll yeah. have a, a bowl of oats or maybe a couple of wheat bix or. And then the night before as well, you, you, do you sort of prioritize, you know, what you want to eat the night before or you just, just whatever? Yeah. Well, I used to, I, um, I've started paying way more attention to my health and like the quality of the food that I'm feeding myself in the last couple of years and my old go-to which was just inspired by like the Wayne Carries of the world oh, when yeah. I was into the footy into the footy like when I was playing footy was was just pasta yeah um, and I would have just like some crappy crappy shelf pasta yeah that was just I probably had nothing good in it for you yeah but I was like oh no it's just a, it's a carb loading thing yeah whereas what do I have now like I'll I, I really like for me, sweet potato sits beautifully with me oh, because yeah. I, I like I know I'm feeding myself oh, like yeah. a really good yeah. nutrition, which isn't going to just be you know uh, burnt off in the first k of my run. Yeah. Um, but 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 it's really interesting. It, it's it's interesting trying to. I went through a phase where I was convinced that if I had like a small bag of those glucogel jelly beans oh, yeah. three hours before my run, I had like I did that. I don't know who inspired me to do that. But I heard someone did it, and I ran a couple of PBs after doing it. And for a couple of years, I was like, "Oh, that's the one. That's the that's the hack." The jelly beans. The, the jelly beans. And then the chemist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I looked at the state of my teeth, and I thought, "I can't keep that up." <laughs> I don't know. What have you found helpful so far? Like, what do you usually oh. have? Nutrition is probably something you're yeah. more confident speaking about than I am. Yeah, it's it's funny because I try to. I, I mean, I, I get up in the morning. Obviously, on a work day, I don't get to go for a run. Um, before work I should but obviously with Eve and everything but now that we're on holidays I try to prioritise getting up getting a run in early because um, there's nothing worse than you know the day going on and it's just lingering and, and the feeling that because I get antsy if I don't run like yesterday for example um, Georgie and I went for a beautiful walk with Eve and um, spent some time at the beach but I said to Georgie I, I, I need to I need to move like I need to even though it was like 40-odd degrees yesterday in Melbourne, um, I, I want to go for a run. Um, a bit sadistic, but... Um, <laughs> That's a Dave Goggins song. Yeah, yeah. It's just that... It's just that oh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's something I'm trying to work on. Um, but uh, I, I think nutrition, like, I, I'm pretty bad, to be honest. Like, I'll get up... For example, on a weekend, if I'm, if I'm going to do a long run on a Saturday, um, I don't eat before I go out. So I'll just have my coffee and... And everything, and, and sort of run fasted, which I know is pretty ridiculous. Um, uh, it's yeah, I don't think I'm doing myself any favors by doing that. Um, how do you find that? How do you find running faster? Because I, depending on how long before, depending on how long before I go for my run that I've eaten my main meal. Like if I yeah. ate it, say 
7.30 last night and yeah. I get up for an early run. Yeah. Sometimes I get up and, and run fasted, but yeah. that fast isn't, it's not really that long, so I feel yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. But there's been plenty of times where I'll get up and like, I don't know, maybe I didn't eat much the night before and I'm supposed yeah. to be doing a long run. Yeah. And I'll actually, here's, here's a crazy one for you. So a few years ago, I tried a full on, I say a few years, 10 years ago, I tried a full on fast. Yeah. I remember I was in Ballarat and my goal was I didn't want to, I was, I was a water fast for three days. Oh, jeez. So I was okay. I was solely drinking water for three days straight. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I, I had no I had no practice. As I put some ice in this glass. <laughs> yeah, yes. Pour a pour, pour vodka in. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I had no uh, experience of, of doing like intermittent fasts or steady yeah. fast or whatever. It was just like a straight out of the, straight out of the gate, um, like let's go. Yeah. And I remember I got... I went for a run on the second day and I felt actually quite good. And then the third day I was I was exhausted. I didn't run. But I remember I finished on a Saturday and the Sunday I was supposed to be doing my long run. Yeah. And uh, I remember that night I once I got my tummy warmed up, I was eating so much food and Jesse gave me a massive bowl of pasta and I remember getting up for the run the next day and I reckon I got 1,500 metres in and I was like, nah, done. I cannot. Yeah. I can't, so that was like a, a crazy experience. But if I if I have a big meal the night before usually and it's not a crazy yeah. <laughs> sort of situation like that, a lot of the time I feel fine. Yeah. But the bowl of oats before for me, an hour before roughly, mm. it just it just sits beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's something I probably need to start doing, actually making sure I'm eating before. But I'm a late night eater. So I'll we'll have late dinner. We'll bath, feed, put Eve to bed. Um and I usually do that routine and come back downstairs and it'll be like nine o'clock or whatever. And then for whatever reason, I feel like I need to eat again. So then I'll just be eating. So um, I'll go to bed pretty full and I'll get up and um, yeah, I just sort of find no reason to be eating. I think, as I said before, it'd be advantageous if I did have something, if I want to um, get better um, in my runs. But I think um, post-workout, it's just as important. Yeah, 100%. Like I think, um, you know, your, your ability to recover from some of the runs is, you know, is dependent upon what you're putting in your body afterwards. Um, so how do you go about that? Like, do you have a go-to in terms of a meal or do you have like a protein shake afterwards? Or Because like, I, you know, I was listening to you and the guru today about the milk and he was saying how... Um, He's giving me shit about it. He was giving me <laughs> shit about it, but he was also saying the milk's quite... Um, quite a good sort of post-workout, um, you know, nutrition strategy strategy because of all the, the carbs and obviously the protein and, and whatnot. But what do you have when you get home? Well, from? I'm on, uh, and this is, I looked at, this is the power of marketing. I saw yeah. Stewie, Stewie uh, McSwain's Instagram post a couple of weeks ago. Oh, his profile, it just says powered by Voost. Yeah. And I was like, well, if you're powered by Voost, I'm getting powered by Voost. <laughs> is that like the like Barocca kind of tablet? Yeah, energy, it's like, know, like a tasty aspirin. Yeah, is yeah. is what it tastes Putting like. Putting in water and it's fizzy. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. But I um, it's one of those drinks where I look at the ingredients at the back and I'm like, I have no idea what that is. Like, I it's don't. It's just know. an expensive multivitamin. Probably. Yeah, yeah, like should that be going in my body? And they've got so many different um, anything that's like in highlighted colours on the shelf. I'm like, okay, you're clearly trying to steal my attention. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And all their all their bottles are like these beautiful highlighted colours, like hot pink I fall for every time. Yeah. And I think the one I've got now is like a, a hot hot yellow. What's it called? Like highlighter yellow. Yeah. Um, Fluorescent yellow. Yeah, it's like a – it sort of it tells you it's got – this is actually an, an area where I'm really interested in speaking to an elite athlete like Jess about a bit more because she's someone who's run so many marathons and – understand like the basics of nutrition and rehydration and just um, recovering but it'd be good to pick the brains of someone like her but for me so I'm definitely not speaking as an expert um but but for me there's a couple of goals like I'll I'll know that like once I've gone out for a long run chances are I've taxed um I've taxed my body a bit and yeah. you know I, I, there's going to be certain um like minerals that are going to be low whether that's zinc yeah. or magnesium or yeah. whatever so I'll be trying to I'll be trying to pump a little bit of that back in my body and make sure that um I, I top that up first. So my, my first point of call, and pretty much I think it just goes with the, with the nature that I'm, I'm craving it, is I'll go home and I'll, I'll be looking for water and I'll be looking for, um, you know, my Voost tablets or, yeah. or my hydration, whatever whatever yeah. form that is. So getting back the electrolytes and all that kind of thing. Getting back the electrolytes. Yeah. And then pretty stock standard is I'll um, – I usually like a smoothie. Like I'll chuck a couple of bananas in a smoothie and um, – 
I'm I'm vego most of the time. Yeah. Mind you, I was looking at kangaroo steaks this morning at Terra Mar. We've got some in the fridge, mate. Dude, if I'm tempted. Want... I'm tempted. <laughs> ah, we have bought some this morning. This is a chat. I'm so disappointed <laughs> in myself because every like Joe Rogan, who I respect so much, I love <laughs> listening to his hunting stories. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah. this... every I'm... podcast though, he brings those. I up, know. I'm like, man, if I. I know the crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> I look at him in the fridge. I look at the kangaroo steaks in the fridge. I go, I could eat that. Yeah. But I know if someone gave me a gun and said, shoot the kangaroo, it'd be too much of a pussy. Which is because <laughs> I've been, I've lived in the city for too long. I was not exposed to reality, but whatever. Um, but that, yeah, I'll, I'll have some hemp seeds in there as well, which because oh, yeah. veggies, so I'll put that in. Yeah. Good source of protein. protein. Yeah. Um, what else goes in there? I have some LSA. Oh yeah, a little bit of linseeds. Yeah. What is it? Sesame? No, linseed. Sunflower seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that always get sesame? It's linseed something in almond, maybe, is it? Yeah, it's almond, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I know the L and the A. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's... Yeah. I'm going to have to Google that. Yeah. Um, and I'll just mix that with some coconut milk. And and, and that's pretty much stock standard for me. Like, I'll always feel pretty good after that. I don't have a lot of trouble with um, recovering from day-to-day training sessions. Like, yeah. I'll, have, I'll have the off day, and I'll have the day like today where I feel phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but most of the time, I'll... So, know, hang on. I'll interrupt you right there. So, what was it about today that made you feel phenomenal? Good Did question. You, did you have a rest day yesterday? Like, had you had a few rest days leading up to today? Because that's what I'm finding. I'm trying to figure out. I mean, obviously, common sense would say, you know, you have a rest day the next day. Generally, you're probably going to be feeling pretty good if you've had a good night's sleep, if mm-hmm. you've had some good good nutrition. Like, what was it about today that made you feel? Well, I think there's a couple of there's a couple of things for me um, that, that made the run so enjoyable today. So I ran, I ran 20K on, on Sunday. So that was two so, days ago, yeah. yeah. So today's yeah, it's Tuesday day, isn't Tuesday, it? Yeah, yeah, Tuesday. So I ran 20k Sunday morning. Um, and the good thing is I'm starting to get to a point now with my running where I've I've, I've dropped a couple of kilos. Like I, yeah. I think I'm down to 76 or something now. Yeah. I was 78. Um You wouldn't know it, mate. Your buys and pecs. Stop it. Um so I uh I've started to notice like a little bit of a drop in the, the average pace that I'm running. Yeah. Um which is which is the case? Like I think I averaged four, I averaged four thirty fours for twenty k on on Sunday. Yeah. With like a pretty slow first couple of k's, and I think just seeing that dramatic drop in that pace has, has psychologically boosted me. So I, I got, oh, oh, that, that's nice to know that. Yeah. Um, and then, so I did the twenty k Sunday morning. Was finished by say nine or yep. ten. Um, and then I had the rest of the day off. Did a bit of yoga in the afternoon, and then I had nice. Monday completely off. Yeah. Because because. Uh, 20Ks is still a solid run for me from where I've sort of been building from. Yeah. I give my body that rest on a Monday. Yeah. Um, and then today, so it was my first run in about 36 hours. Yeah. Which is no guarantee for feeling great. There's been plenty of times where I've done that and still feel yeah. horrible. But as soon as I started running this morning, I said to Jesse, I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. Like I'd, I'd literally taken 10 steps and it was just one of those runs where I knew I felt quite good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I ran the first K with her at about 5.50. Oh, Jesse ran with you. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Well, she she ran seven hundred yeah. meters that first came in, turned around and started walking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll edit that part out. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, that scene. Um, and then you know it, Jesse. Yeah. And then I just I just started. I was at a really beautiful part of town. Like I don't know if I mentioned before, I was at Stubbley Park, yeah. which is like there's beautiful trails, and you're out in nature, running along the Yarra. Yeah. Um, the sun was, was out. Sun was out. Guns yeah. were out. Guns were out. Um, it was nice atmosphere. I feel like everyone yeah. down there in nature is just up and about. Yeah. And it is like you know those days where you you just hit a little bit of a flow state. Yeah. So I think it's and I had I had a bowl of oats before um before I started. I started my warrior diet yesterday. I don't know how much yeah. of an impact that had. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, it was just one of those days where everything just sort of seemed to click. Yeah. Uh, but you got to take them when they come along because if I was basing how much I was training or what I was going to do on whether or not I felt that good. I would never train. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it, they're few and far between. I've, the only sad part about finishing a run like that is knowing you're going to have to wait about two weeks for your next one. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> so when personally. you got to 10 and you decided to finish, yeah. do you, did you ever feel like, nah, I should just keep going because I'm feeling really good? Yeah, a little bit. I actually, because um, the only reason I stopped was was we started at like, we started a bit late today. I think I started at 20 to 11 or yeah. 20 to 10 or something. Yeah. And I told Jesse I'd be back at the car where we were at, oh, yeah, at yeah. like 10.30 or 11.30. Yeah. So time so, was pretty so much time up. Time constraints, yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But um, on, a, on a run like that, I actually, if I had more time today, I would have found a – Jordan Guzman um, and Huff talk about this a lot, is yeah. they'll, they'll find like a, an incline. I think it's a pretty common thing for American distance runners to do. Oh, yeah. They'll find like a, 
like not a crazy incline hill and do some faster strides up it. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice because I don't know, I don't know how you've you've found it, but whenever I go out and just start doing long run, long run, long run, I feel like that real fast twitchy kind of yeah, yeah, feel. Yeah. It just feels nice to be able to have in your legs. It just disappears. Yeah. And you turn into Absolutely. a. Absolutely. You ever yeah. seen like a six-year-old yeah. harrier running around? You can tell that if you said sprint, they're not going to change their pace yeah, from yeah. from what they're doing right well, now. That's another question that I've got for you actually. Yeah, like speed sessions. Um, or hill sessions like I don't do any I must admit like I yeah my running is just um, pretty much the same pace I don't designate any specific kind of speed training sessions into my um, weekly training um, what do you what do you do like yeah to be honest I um I've, I've been a little bit cautious like I'm, I'm happy to play the slow build card uh, the slow yeah. build card and because I've been increasing the, the the distance that I'm running, like my Sunday long run's been the priority and a few yeah. of the longer runs through the week. So I've sort of, I've gradually just been building my body up to getting used to that. Yeah. And I think uh, pretty much tick over tomorrow. I reckon once or twice a week, I'll, I'll start to include after an easy, whether it's a Monday run or like a Thursday run. Yeah. Um, I'll start to in, uh, like implement like a, couple of maybe four by 15 second hill strides because i just i feel better knowing that something nice about say you're a 10k runner like Stu, yeah um and you're you're just getting used to like you're doing a few speed sessions here and there it feels nice to go out for a long run and you're hitting 430s for a for a k pretty consistently and you're like oh that actually feels simple. Yeah. Whereas the reverse side of that is all you're doing is long, long, long. Yeah. Whereas four thirties, like yeah, you can hit it time after time. But if someone said increase the pace, you'd feel like yeah, you're that, being just that's that's how smashed. I feel like yeah. Right so I'll, if I was in yeah. your situation, yeah, um, I would, I would use as a foundation that that sort of formula that I explained to you before. I wouldn't do three sessions a week. Like when I say sessions, I mean like the fast stuff. Yeah. If I was in your situation right now, all going beautifully, Eve was sleeping like a legend, you were feeling great, <laughs> um, I, would, I would do my Sunday long run. Yeah. Um, and when I say long run, that might be depending on where you're at at the moment, 10K or 15K. Yeah. Um, and just, I've got a general rule that anyone who asks me, I'll say don't, don't increase that Sunday long run too much at a yeah. time. So I'll try and, I've done 20, I missed a week in Bali, but I've done 20K I think three times now. Yeah. Um, I'll probably do one more at 20K and then I might just push it up to 22 because yeah. I've got six months until my marathon. I've got plenty of time to build that. Yeah. Um, that just gives your body the chance to absorb that work that's going into it. It's not too much of a shock. Yeah. Um, and like if you wanted to have Monday off, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, See, I don't like having days off. I, don't, I know that's like... Days off running or days off training? Because when I say days off, I'm yeah, I'm the same. I'll go yeah. to the gym on a Monday. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not training in the gym at the moment, but like... I don't know. I, I, I find having days off. I feel, I, and I know it's like a necessary thing. Like, well, there's I mean, a lot of runners who wouldn't. Yeah, there's, like, a of, there's a lot of distance runners who don't. Have I think sometimes off. on the days where I'm not feeling as great, I'll I'll still go for a run, but I'll just I'll cut back on the intensity. Yeah. Um, but that's. Sorry, I'm throwing another question at you. No, good you, man. You, this is what we wanted to yeah, do it yeah, for. It's but, perfect. But that was another thing, like, um, like. I think I already asked this, but like frequency, like is, is running every day. And I know, you, you know, you talked about, well, it's, it's a matter of being aware of how you're feeling, but um, are there any do sort of elite athletes sort of advocate um, having, making sure you're having rest days or if you're feeling good and your nutrition spot on, your, your recovery spot on, is running every day going to be detrimental to your performance? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, like, it's, uh, far out. like again, there'd be so much research into it. Yeah, but I can tell you, I can tell you that having run with like the Steve Montagues and the Stuart McSwains yeah. and Sean Crichtons and uh, Jesses, and there's very rarely days off. Like I've, yeah. I've, I've got one of Jess's, um marathon schedules just in my email that I was looking over. Oh, yeah. In the, that'd be interesting. In the, I'll, I'll give you a look. Yeah, yeah I'll show yeah. you. Um, in the lead up to uh, my marathon last year, and one thing that stood out to me was there's there was easy days, but there's no days off. Yeah, yeah, that's what um, I mean. Like, so they, that's what I want to know. Like all these athletes, they're training every single day, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> the idea of me having a day off is is something that that's personal. I'll go to the gym and not run that day. Yeah, because I think that's just given myself a chance to adapt to the workload that I'm giving it. But I'm thinking the next month or two I'll be running. I'll be running every seven day. Because I feel the same as you. Like whether yeah. it's 
psychological or, or, or what, there's something nice about skidding out in sunshine. Mate, so yeah, yeah, just sit inside all day and Georgie knows straight away. Like she 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 picks it every time. She's like, you need to go for a run. So like funny you say that. By my mood, yeah. She's so just glad like, you said that. It's so yeah because before it was like you need to go to the gym. Yeah. And now it's like you need to go for a run. And I'm like, yeah. Well, okay. how have you felt that transition? Like, because uh, obviously the amount that you were, cause you're yeah. you're a big unit. I was a big unit. I'm gonna, oh, I won't lie. There's a funny. <laughs> I'm gonna post a photo of me because I'm not a tall bloke, you know. So nah. I was, um, yeah, I was well. About five eight, and at my at my prime, I was about eighty eight kilos or something. Um, Your biceps were as big as my quads. <laughs> my quads are pretty big. Oh, I turn it up, nah. <laughs> but um, no, I don't know. It's sort of um, yeah. The transition's been. I've always, I mean, I've always said I've, I don't want to get to a point where I can't run. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, I think for me, like growing up playing competitive sport, footy, tennis, whatever, mm-hmm. I've always wanted. I've always, you know. Agility has been important. So as much as I've loved getting in the gym and, and you know, um, squatting, squatting, deadlifting and, and benching and whatever, and um, I still want to be able to move and move sort of quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I've always had those, those sort of high-intensity sessions that I've incorporated, but then since breaking my arm and not being able to um, train in the gym and even sprint, like, with, with the broken arm, like, just the... The sprinting I wasn't able to do because of that that sort of um, that sort of velocity of, of bringing your arm through quickly. I reckon it's, yeah. Yeah, it's just starting to take a bit of shape again now. I feel yeah. like because the first couple of months that I saw you, it just lost all yeah, definition, def- hadn't it? Deformed, it? Yeah. And yeah, it was. Yeah. And then just today when I saw you, because it had been, I don't know, even the last, probably a month ago. Or, yeah. When was the last time I saw you? It was like a while ago. Yeah. Um, you can definitely see a bit of shape starting to come bit, back into that. more shape, yeah. 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 There's still a lot of scar tissue and whatnot, but um, I can't remember what I was saying. The transition yeah but i think um i don't know like and that's why i really enjoy your podcast and and everyone you get on because it's it's something that's um it's become a really interest of mine now just running just getting out and i love just hearing about these these athletes and and the times that they run because i can't i can't even fathom like Stewie McSwain, right. like being able to run 10K in 27 minutes. I'm just trying to run 10K in 40 minutes. Dude, I appreciate like, it. I just... You know what I mean? Like that's like, and then to think. Have you ever done a 400 meter sprint? Mm, oh, ages ago, like years and years ago. Because honestly. Like, I probably you... wouldn't, I wouldn't even be able to break a minute. Yeah. And he's well, done 54 dude, seconds. And in... this is, this is something that I, I remember when Kipchoge broke two hours for the marathon at yeah. the Enios Challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there were so many treadmill challenges of people just seeing how fast they could maintain yeah. that pace for. And that's a that's a classic one. Like to try and run honestly, if we should we should go to a track soon. Yeah. And I'll just I'll set the clock and we'll try and we'll, we'll run a lap at the pace that Stewie ran for 10k. Oh. And then that'll that's give you a free. It blows my mind. That's and and honestly, it's yeah. incredible. He's a he's a world class athlete. Yeah. I was glad to hear him say after his um Zadapek win. There's a there's a kid called um Jacob Ingebrigtsen from Norway. Yeah, and uh, he's—I think he's nineteen now. Yeah, but dude, he's—he—he's um, oh, he's from a crop, so he's the youngest of three brothers. Yeah. He's run—he's run, he's run three thirty for fifteen hundred meters, which is averaging—I don't want to do the maths on here now because I'm going to stuff it up. Yeah, what's that like? Probably two hundred and ten seconds. So it's like I don't know, fifty-two seconds. I don't know. I reckon it'd be sl- like slightly slower than that. Yeah. 50, maybe say 53, 54. Yeah. What the way you worked that out then? I've never heard that. You just <laughs> add all the seconds together. Yeah. Yeah. It's so just 330 is 210 seconds. And then it's what? It's nearly four laps. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was going to be worked out like that. Yeah. Anyway, this kid, he's run 13.02 for 10K, uh, for 5K. Yeah. Which is, which is two seconds faster than Stewie, but Stewie getting, but dude, he's, there's some athletes out there that just yeah. blow your mind. I know, that's like, that's put yourself in a position yeah. where you go out and try and run the lap pace yeah. that they do. Regardless of what level you run at, you have to appreciate exactly, it. Exactly right. Yeah. And that's why I love just hear just hearing about all these people you get on and without sort of talking up too much. You, oh, probably, you, know, you can get out of this out later, but no, just, it's not gonna it's happen. Just, I, I I sit there and I'm you know, on my drive to work, living in Mount Martha, driving to Belgrave and whatever, and I hear I listen to podcasts or I'm taking Eve out for a walk and I'm listening and just, um, you know, to hear these athletes like running these times and obviously I'm, I'm a novice runner, like I've no running experience and I'm just, I'm sort of comparing my times to theirs and I'm thinking, 
how the hell do they do it? Because mm-hmm. I th- I feel like I'm I'm like pushing hard as I can. And it was funny actually, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was listening to one of your podcasts and Jocker, your good yeah. man Jocker was talking about <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> he brought up the point that he reckons elite athletes were soft um, because they don't actually run for as long as the the amateur runner. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like a, a marathon, say an elite athlete does it in two hours ten, yeah, and then and you know your novice runners doing it in three and a half four hours. But for the novice runner, they're putting in a hundred percent. They're busting their balls. Um, is that am I right there? Was that what he you was know, saying? Exactly what he was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I can sort of think. Whilst I, I probably don't agree with that, but um. I can sort of see where he's coming from. Like, I feel like when I'm running, I'm busting my ass. Yeah. And I, I can't break 40 minutes for 10Ks. Um, mind you, though, to my defense, I'm running on these these tracks between yeah. Mount Martha and Mornington, the beach, the cliff track. So yeah. I, haven't had a, I, I haven't had a full crack at it like on an athletic you should, track. Um, you should train for the like a 10K race coming up. Yeah. You should um, – I'm doing the Melbourne Marathon in – in October, like you've got plenty, like that's not a fitness thing, but you should yeah. have a good crack at a. I want to do it at a run yeah. this year, yeah. Because it'd be good, because yeah. yeah, as I said, like Stewie won't be running twenty seven minutes on those trails either. Yeah, yeah do you know yeah. what I mean? He'd be probably struggling to break thirty because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a thing. It's a, it is. It's a really interesting conversation because, like, just we'll keep going with Stewie because he's the example. But yeah, he doesn't train. He, he's training no harder than than what I was training when yeah. I was a professional athlete. Like yeah. when I, when I was competing, he's. You compare our, our trainings and like, though his times are a lot faster, look at the training diary. Yeah. We're doing the same stuff same, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely something that I've, I've appreciated as I've gotten older is just that gen- like genetics play a huge factor as yeah, well. Absolutely. And it wouldn't have mattered yeah. if I spent the whole rest of my life training. There was no way I was running 27-20 for, yeah. for 10K. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I get that frustration. I get that. And, and, and especially now that I've been out of the sport for a couple of years, getting back into it, you look at these guys, you go, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and then, like, even you look at the women's races and, and Jess, who's run 226. Yeah. The Australian record's like 221 or 222 from Benita Willis. Yeah. And you go, mate, that is flying. Like, yeah. there's some elite boys in Australia who are have a slightly off day and just beats them. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. It's, it's incredible. But Yeah. Do Benita, this. What was her name? Benita. Benita Willis. She, you're going to get her on the sh- I'm going to ask her to come yeah. on. Yeah, I haven't even reached out to her yet. But, um, dude, yeah, I know. I, I actually, I sent you that message the other day to say, hey, we've got some cool guests coming up in the next few months. Yeah. Um, so if you think any more, and, and listeners too, like if you've got some questions, please send them through because uh, um, I'm sure you've got a, a million things to add to this conversation that we might not have covered. So if you want any of the um, the athletes that are going to come on in the next couple of months to, to answer them for you, shoot them through it. We're at Relaxed, Relaxed Running on Instagram. I feel like I've, I've started checking that more. So do you follow us yet? I think so. <laughs> come on, get on board the, the Relaxed Running bag. Eve, Eve, Eve follows you. Yeah. Eve Flodo. Eve Flodo. Yeah. Oh, that was good, man. Thanks so much for on. This is a way better podcast studio than me and the Guru. Oh, did you see the Guru? You said um, you said you read a couple of... I oh, heard our reviews. Yeah, yeah. They reviews. love him. Yeah, they, they love, they the, love guru. Him, the Guru, man. He's funny. He's just... So you're yeah. a fan as well? Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's a good guy. Straight shooter. Oh, we got a visitor. Amazing. No. no. She's telling us to wrap it up. We've got to get out of here. Oh, She's yeah. just giving me the hurry along. We're going out for dinner. Well, I've got... Oh, we are too. Shit, it's 20 to 6. Is yeah. it really? What were we about to say, though? I was going to say, I've got a ton more questions for you. So Dude, I'll, I'll let's go again. again. We'll, come, yeah. Yeah. we'll get the... Actually, next time we'll all three of us sit down together because I'm sure there'd be plenty of stuff that uh, Maddie would call bullshit on yeah. with what I've said and, and throw something back out there. So just a little bit of food for thought. But Yeah, nice. Dude, I'd love cool. to meet you. That was cool. The guru, mate. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me on. No, thanks nice. for having me in your... Uh, what's this room? I don't know, George's little art studio. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to show you how much of my gin I got through of. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I've got to start Come on, get into it. Oh, We're going out for Mexican. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. So there's gonna be, uh, yeah, there's going to be some, some cocktails and some uh, Mexican band. <laughs> <laughs> that, didn't sound, that didn't sound racist. Did it? <laughs> 100% not.